Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Taryn Finley, a senior culture reporter here at HuffPost, and this is I Know That's Right, a weekly podcast about the latest in culture, entertainment, and trending conversations. Settle in because we're going to a place where mainstream news and the wild west of internet culture collide. From the news that makes us say, I know that's right, to the mess that you know is as dead wrong as Nicki Minaj's Twitter fingers. I'm breaking down the week that was, and we've got so much to talk about. Then, as always, I'll be bringing in a guest for an in-depth conversation. This week, we're going to get right into this rap beef between Megan Thee Stallion and Nicki Minaj with hip-hop journalist and author Kiana Fitzgerald. This is I Know That's Right. I Know That's Right! We finally made it out of the long voyage that was January. Whew, what a year that month was. And Black History Month is here. We get 29 days this year, y'all. But you already know we keeping it Black 365 over here, okay? Now, let's get into the headlines of this week. Starting with the I Know That's Right of the Week, Tiana Taylor is slated to portray the one and only Dionne Warwick in a forthcoming biopic exploring the singer's life and legacy. Tiana announced the news on Instagram last week, writing in her caption, Being able to learn and study from one of the greats like Dionne Warwick has allowed me to learn about myself and the woman I am today. She taught us to be proud of who you are don't make me over. Now, we don't have a title yet, but Warwick's son, Damon Elliott, now they haven't confirmed the title yet, but Warwick's son, Damon Elliott, will be producing the film. This feels like such a perfect choice. Not only does Tiana resemble Dionne Warwick, but if you've seen her in 1001, which was her latest film and her debut starring role, you know that her acting chops are nothing to play with. I mean... She did the damn thing. I mean, Oscar buzz worthy. Now, Miss Warwick tweeted that she was excited and I'm excited too. Amid a very public divorce that she's been trying to keep private, Tiana has been on a roll creatively. I mean, last year was really big for her and I can't wait to see where she takes us next. This film is definitely something that I'm I'm just too eager to see. Shout out to you, Tiana. All right, next up, this story, I'm asking, mm, is that right about? John Stewart is returning to The Daily Show host. See, after a long year of Comedy Central dragging their feet to find Trevor Noah's successor, 
The news also comes months after Stewart's Apple TV Plus show. The problem ended last year. Stewart will start his old new gig as host and executive producer on Monday, February 12th. Now, John Stewart is the GOAT, okay? Don't get it twisted. I loved him as the original host of the show. And, of course, it's also an election year this year. So not having a host in your chair during an election year is a bad look. So I get it. People are excited. And you can't say Jon Stewart isn't a phenomenal host. But, big but, this feels like a Comedy Central cop-out. I'm a little disappointed because what was this last year for? I mean, Trevor Noah's last show as host was in December of 2022. And since then, y'all spent a year looking for and rotating out several different hosts behind the desk, including Leslie Jones, Roy Wood Jr., Wanda Sykes, Roy Wood Jr., Chelsea Handler, Roy Wood Jr., D.L. Hughley, Roy Wood Jr. The list goes on and on. I mean, do you get where I'm going here? Comedy Central, it feels like you wasted folks' time because you didn't know what you wanted. You especially wasted Roy Wood Jr.'s time. I'm going to keep saying his name because he, in fact, deserved that job, which y'all played in his face, which is why he decided after eight years at The Daily Show, he was going to leave. Late night is changing with a new demographic, younger audiences coming in, TV changing, all of that. Late night is changing. The game is changing. But the decision to bring Jon Stewart back feels like almost like you're unwilling to accept and flow with that change for the better it feels like disney remaking the same movie over and over again it feels like a reboot of the same show that we just finished watching 20 years ago and that we can still watch all eight seasons of today it's such an anticlimactic twist after this tiresome ass host search and i'm not really that excited about it no shade to Jon Stewart, but after that announcement, I'm like, what do we do all of this for? I say give Roy Wood Jr. a show, but hey, who am I? Now, the dead wrong of the week. And I mean dead wrong. Nicki Minaj, girl, you know I'm looking at you and your crew of barbs. Since last Friday, the Everybody Rapper has been in a tizzy after Megan Thee Stallion released her song, Hiss. In the song, Megan dissed several rappers who have had something to say about her in the past, including Tory Lanez, Drake, Party, Baby, and of course, Nicki Minaj. Out of that lineup, of course, Nicki was the hit dog that hollered. And for 72 hours straight, she spewed anti-black woman language, anti-black language. She made fun of Megan getting shot in the foot. She accused her of lying on her mother, who died in 2019. She accused her of being an alcoholic. She said so much. It 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 got really extremely ugly. Listen to this snippet of Nikki getting on Instagram Live the night his dropped. Bitch, I dare you. I fucking dare you, bitch, to say one more thing about my fucking family, ho. Or y'all got a motherfucking clip coming and y'all don't even fucking know, bitch. I fucking dare you, bitch. And I know you listening right now, you fragment, fragment, uh, 
scab fragment foot bitch of course nikki dropped her response diss track on sunday night it was called bigfoot and not only was it mid but the hook was her repeating over and over again lying on your dead mama megan hasn't said anything about this beef in fact she went on good morning america on tuesday to announce a new album and tour for the summer and nikki once again is spiraling and what makes her spiraling especially dangerous is that she fuels and encourages her fan base to go after anybody who has anything less than favorable to say about her. The barbs are relentless. There have been folks who've had mildly critical things to say about Nikki constructive, if you will, who have accused the barbs of doxing them. This ain't the first time either. It really is ugly. I'm going to reserve some of my thoughts for the conversation that I'm having with Kiana in a few, but this isn't fun rat beef, y'all. I hesitate to even call it a beef if we're being honest because the energy Nikki is putting into this feels so one-sided and dark and just not hip-hop. It's not fun. Meg is independent now, and it seems like if she does address Nikki or anyone else who comes at her, it's going to be on wax, Okay period nikki and your legion of barbs y'all are dead wrong we gonna get into y'all in a second when kiana comes to join me but y'all just needed to know y'all are dead ass wrong for this the antics need to stop those are the stories of the week but we're not finished we are not finished talking about this nikki and meg business whatsoever stick around because hip-hop journalist kiana fitzgerald is joining me in a few so we can really sink our teeth into what the hell is actually happening here more i know that's right is coming up welcome back to i know that's right y'all it took Megan Thee Stallion one bar to get all the way up under Nicki Minaj's skin and it looks like she's still sitting there. After years of subliminals, rumors, and folks having her name all up in their mouths, Megan Thee Stallion is firing back in her era of being an independent artist. She dropped her latest song, Hiss, last Friday and told The Breakfast Club this. I haven't heard the record yet. Are you saying names? Um, I'm saying... A hit dog on holler, that's it. God damn. So it's multiple people. Yeah, whoever feel it, feel it. Now, Nicki Minaj definitely felt it when Meg took a shot at her husband, Kenny Petty, in his 90s sexual assault case, referencing Megan's law in her song. This sent Nicki into a social media spiral as the veteran rapper spent the weekend going off and subsequently dropping her response, Bigfoot, in which she accused Meg of, quote, lying on her dead mama to add to all of this the barbs have reportedly doxxed the gravesite of megan the stallion's mom things have gotten real ugly y'all a lot is going on here and we have to dissect it and zoom out for what this beef means for hip-hop right now fortunately we have an expert in the building hip-hop journalist and author of old to hip-hop kiana fitzgerald is here to help us break it down and break it up Hey, Kiana, how you doing? Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, I'm doing good. I'm just inundated by all the things uh, that have to do with this beef. So I'm glad that we have an opportunity to talk about it. Okay, I I like need to process everything <laughs> because so much has happened since Friday, but it didn't start on Friday, right? You know, mm-hmm. so we first saw Meg and Nikki's relationship start publicly, at least 
with the song Hot Girl Summer, which came out in 2019. It came out at the end of the summer, which I have a totally different gripe about that. But (laughs) that's not what we're here to talk about. Mm -hmm. And since that song, there have been a few subs exchanged, but it's become explosive at this point. How do we get here? Let's take it back to the late aughts when Nikki, you know, was first coming up and she was the only woman in the room a lot of the time. She was the only voice that was being heard in when it came to female rap. And Nikki was really accustomed to that. She got really used to that. And I think as time progressed and she took a step back and people started to come into the fold, she didn't know how to how to take it. And I think that she's still dealing with her her feelings around not being the only woman who's at the top, not being the only woman, period. So I think Nikki is in this position and Megan is also in this position due to to Nikki's retaliation um, because Nikki hasn't found out a way to coexist with other female rappers. Yeah, honestly. And when you think about it, you know, for an entire decade, Nikki was on the throne and you know, she essentially was heralded as the queen of hip hop, the queen of rap. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what your opinion on this is, but from what it seems like, you know, the first diss or the first beef that we saw Nikki in was with Lil' Kim. A lot of people, you know, likened her to Lil' Kim. And, you know, also, you know, of course, she initially in a few ways gave her props but at the same time there was there was contention there yes and a lot of that contention had to do with Kim not feeling like she was getting that that props in her just do and Nikki feeling like she was being bullied so to kind mm-hmm. of see the shoe on the other foot and seeing Nikki as the senior in hip hop for women and not leaving that room for not seemingly not leaving that room for other women to to thrive and to pass the throne pass the mic pass whatever mm-hmm. you know it, it it feels hypocritical oh my god thank you for saying that word because that's exactly what was on my mind Nikki has really transformed into the veteran rapper like of course across time but through her actions as well it's very you know in hip-hop specifically I feel like the veteran um aged group of, of of MCs, they want their credit by any means necessary and they want to be they want to be revered, they want to be respected, and they deserve it all. But it's the the method of getting to that respect that's a little bit hairy. And I think Nikki's form of getting to that respect is weaponizing her fan base and making making sure that anybody who dares to speak her name will feel it and will feel it if they're not saying anything positive about her. So I think Nikki is, she's gotten to a point where she's trying to figure out who she is in this new role as, as a, a veteran MC, because that's what she is. She's, you know, she's hit 40. Um, you know, she's not uh, a 20 year old rapper out here wearing pink wigs and, you know, Harajuku Barbie style clothing anymore. Like she's, she's a grown woman and she's still trying to figure out like, what, what, what does that look like for me? Like, what does it look like for me to be, you know, a grown ass woman and be in this position of, I could be big sis, I could be auntie, but I refuse. And it's like, what, why is that refusal happening? I'm going to get to the barbs in a second because a lot <laughs> yeah. of people, a lot of people talking about the beehive, the people, people, the barbs are who people think the beehive actually, yes. you know, <laughs> but like 
you know, that factor of aging in hip hop, aging mm-hmm. as a woman in mm-hmm. hip hop, a genre that already, you know, where newer generations will clown you if you 50 and rapping in a man, don't be a woman, you know, mm-hmm. pushing, uh, you know, pushing middle age and still with a mic in your hand like that. That is something that I don't think a lot of people know or are ready to like really contend with because Mm -hmm. the genre is still so young and you know has its foundation in you know in patriarchy and being male dominated you know yeah yeah I feel like um we have yet to your point we have yet to really see um like a, a swath of aging female rappers you know like it's always been like a sprinkle here a sprinkle there like you know we have kim we have um you know it's like i'm even hard pressed to to think of like that many off the top of my head because like you're saying like hip-hop as we were saying hip-hop is not it's a youth sport you know it's like it's something that people really consider to be something that the younger you are the fresher you are the better opportunities that will come up for you and you know i can just say flat out that that's not the way that I see hip hop um, as someone who saw so many, um, you know, hip hop 50 shows last year, people coming through through town and just seeing the breath control, the command of the crowd, like so many veterans are just like killing it right now. But when we think about women MCs, it's like, okay, who's, who's like, like you said, who's left still holding a mic and are they getting that respect? You know, are they getting an opportunity to really speak their minds and, express their ways of living at 40 years old, at 50 years old, at 35 years old, even, you know, it's like, you know, I'm 34, I'm no spring chicken. So it's like, I'm still trying to figure out like, where do, where do I sit in this, this grand scheme of like hip hop coverage. So to see these, um, these women MCs and to see uh, Megan and Nikki in particular um, in this moment, it's like, there, there are so many different dynamics, there are levels to this that we're still kind of seeing unfold. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into these diss tracks, specifically mm. with Hiss first. Mm-hmm. What what were your initial thoughts when you first heard Hiss? Well, <laughs> so um, I am from Texas, so I already have a you know soft spot for Megan and everything. You've that interviewed she's been- her a few times. Yeah, right? I have. I have. So you know, I have a little bit of a, a soft spot for her. So I've seen you know, her go through so much, like I met her mom, you know, it's like, I've, I've been through all of these little moments with her throughout her, her ascension. And it's been incredible to watch, but it's also been so disheartening, especially around the noir of it all. And just seeing people like dog her out for no good reason. So it's been so interesting just watching her, her trajectory. And so every time she releases something, I'm listening because I'm like, she's talking about her life. She's talking about what she's going through. She's talking about her body and what she loves about it. Like, I'm always super interested in, in just, like, tuning in to what she has to say. So my sister is a year older than me, and we live together. And so we are both, you know, tuned in to, like, all the things that have to do with hip-hop, but especially female rap or women in rap. So when the song came out, um, I went to my sister's room. We watched it on YouTube, just the the, the lyrics on the screen. And we were like, oh, oh, she's spitting. Like, oh, she's, she's, oh, she's taking it. Like, we were like, okay, but we didn't understand the magnitude of the Megan's Law Bar until the next day. So, like, we weren't like, oh, let's Google it right now. We're like, let's go to sleep. Like I said, we're 34, 35. Like, we're like, we got to go to work tomorrow. Like, we got things to do. So the next day, like, we just woke up to chaos because, like, immediately after the song dropped, Nikki hopped on live 
and said what she had to say and all the things that came with that. So yeah, my initial reaction was she's taking it. Like she's absolutely out here for, for, for she's playing for keeps. She's not, she's not playing around and she's finally getting to the meat of the conversation that people are already having about her. That's one thing that I was talking to my sister about just yesterday is I feel like she preemptively addressed a lot of the things that were said about her after the song came out in the song itself. Like she was saying a lot of stuff. She was getting a lot of stuff off her chest and, you know, just the fact that she was able to, you know, cover so much ground you know, like, because it wasn't just Nikki that she addressed. As it we wasn't know. just Nikki, right? It wasn't just Nikki. So, yeah, my initial reaction was, what is about to happen with the, the aftermath of this, this song? I was excited to hear, but I was also like, okay, this can't be just like a benign song that was released. There's, there's got to be some legs to this. And there absolutely have been. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It There, there was so much that like I knew that it was a good song Mm -hmm. and I knew that she was coming for blood when I first heard the song but like you I also didn't understand how big it was going to be I didn't you know I I think one huge thing which um Megan Kanka who Megan's Law is named after um the seven-year-old who was raped and killed by a known child molester and had a um and her father um and parents worked to have a law named after her so that known sex offenders could be put on this list and that is something that I, I think a lot of people knew about a list but I don't think a lot of people knew about the law. And so mm-hmm. even with the, even with the controversy about, you know, um, uh, Megan Kanka's um, uh, father coming out and saying that he's going to, you know, take it into legal action and, and, you know, he doesn't necessarily like uh, uh, that the fact that Meg put Megan's law on the song and, and all of that and that she's cussing and he doesn't like right that has a lot of its own layers in itself that we uh, don't have time to get into (laughs) today but the fact that you know i i think that it's really powerful the fact that you know we know about this law even you know through this song and through all of through all of this so I think, you know, like, of course, that's that's a and also just like the double entendre of it mm-hmm. being that Megan, as this woman who it, it essentially was a victim of intimate par- partner violence, mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. let's like let's call it that mm-hmm. Tory Lane's shooting Megan the Stallion in the foot is a form of that. Mm-hmm. And you know the fact that she we've seen her go through all of this we've seen her even recently get her name be dragged through the mud on party her Mm ex-boyfriend's um tour his his press tour essentially saying like no I didn't cheat on her no I didn't you know all of these things like with this song before even understanding like the magnitude of it it felt like Meg was taking her power back it Mm -hmm. felt like Meg you know by you know dropping these subs at the baby at Drake party people who have gone on wax or on record and said things about her really heinous things about her it 
felt like okay phoenix rising from the ashes yes. and, it, and and it feels like a continuation of you know this this track that she's on in her indie era mm-hmm. which i'm so excited about i'm glad that she's getting all of this attention now that she's on her own and she can do whatever the fuck she wants to do it's like it's her time to shine and i love the phoenix rising from the ashes reference that you just did because that's exactly what this is it's a story of triumph it's almost like a cinderella story of her like coming back and like shutting the world down with her releases and she's dominating the conversation online in real life the charts like she's actually delivering across the board she's doing what you know a major rap star should be doing and she's doing it with ease it seems and she's you know just living her life posting her little clips on instagram and not saying a word you know yeah she's just doing what she got to do and moving on to the next literally not saying a word and Mm -hmm. you know I'd be remiss not to say that I do have some sympathy for Nicki Minaj because like, Mm -hmm. obviously you're jealous, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, and you know, I think a lot of people have a bad connotation, bad taste in their mouths of like what jealousy is, but it's a very human emotion, especially as a woman who has been in hip hop, it has done like, like you cannot say that Nicki hasn't put in the work in, paved a way you Mm -hmm. know it's unfortunate that you know it's not the jealousy that's the issue for me it's what you do with that jealousy yeah if and how you acknowledge it and make sure like okay this didn't happen for me i wasn't able to get the grammy the the all of the brand deals and all of that thing not to say that nikki is hasn't been successful because she's been uber successful Mm -hmm. she's been uber successful you know but the fact that you take that jealousy and unfortunately, you know, turn it into Twitter fingers time and time again. Yeah. You know, this isn't this isn't the first time that we've seen this happen. You know, this has happened with Cardi. This has happened with recently Lotto. Yeah. You know, but it, it it's so much. I want to get into Bigfoot. But before I get into Bigfoot, like I want to go through how the weekend went, because yeah. before we even heard the diss mm-hmm. before she even put the diss out she took to twitter the barbs were in everybody's comments and mentions and whatever under people's tiktok videos calling people out tell me what you your initial thoughts were when you were seeing when you noticed this string of tweets from nikki i actually think she went on live before she even uh, yeah got on twitter she was on live she was on something called station head she was on twitter if she was she if she could have been on tiktok she would have been on tiktok um (laughs) you know it's just like she she was nikki's in this very interesting place of like a need of self-assertion with the need of self-assurance like she's trying to figure out what she wants out of us and what she wants out of herself and I really feel like, you know, her hopping on live and saying bullet fragment bitch and all that and being just like talking about her mother. Like, I was just like, what is going on here? And why is this happening at this degree, at this scale? It was so ugly. It, it was very ugly. And it's like, you know, I'm not here just to like shit on Nikki, but it's it's it, I would be remiss not to say that, you know, it's extremely sad to to watch 
um, the trajectory of somebody who did so much for women in hip hop, who literally went on record and said, I know that me being a weirdo is going to open the door for a lot of people. And I know that me being, um, you know, not everybody's cup of tea is going to open the door for a lot of people to go from that and know that she's opening the door for a lot of people to slamming the door in the faces of so many women MCs who are just looking to her as an inspiration, as an idol, like, it's it's unbecoming of a queen you know it just it it doesn't make sense so when i was seeing the tweets when i was seeing and hearing the lives like some of that stuff i was like i can't even read that i can't even watch that like that's how hurt i felt because i'm not i've never been a barb but i know good music when i hear it i know respect when i see it and i that wasn't respect that what this isn't just like a rat beef on wax this is something something this is just unwieldy. This is ugly. This is terrifying. It's and it's making a lot of people think that Nikki is unwell, you know. And as somebody who lives with bipolar type one, I'm not going to sit here and armchair diagnose. But people online are saying a lot of wild things about the, her state of mind, and that's not where you want to be. <laughs> like, just take it from me. So, you know, I just I just worry and I just have concern because you know, like you're saying about the jealousy, like it's rearing its head and it's making her look, it's just not a good look. It's, it's a, a horrifying look. And I just want, I want more for her. I want her, her legacy to be cemented. I want people to look to her for inspiration still. I want people to be able to, like I put her in my book, Ode to Hip Hop. Like she's one of the 50 albums that I think are the most definitive of hip hop's history. And I'm just like, how do we get from that to this? That's that's kind of where I'm at. I think I asked that a lot about Nikki, especially because I remember when Itty Bitty Piggy, when Beat Me Up Scotty came out. I remember, mm -hmm. you know, how I felt watching, you know, her and Trina rap on Five Star Trick. Yes. Like, oh, wow. Like, look at these, look at these two women really do the damn thing. And to see how far she's come and at the same time how far she's fallen mm -hmm. like i i i could have never guessed that that the journey would have been this especially mm -hmm. you know this i i have my moments where i am just very disappointed in nikki you know i've 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 had it over the past few years at yeah. this point and you know i do wonder like why she's tarnishing her legacy like this but like also how does she look at it like because mm -hmm. I don't think that she's really even seeing it as that I think that she feels justified in getting online and you know making light making fun of a black woman who has literally been shot making yeah. fun of you know saying and evoking like oh you quote unquote lying on your dead mama as she says over and over again in the Bigfoot song and mm -hmm. as she said on social media mm -hmm. making light of of alcoholism and you know saying so many claims that feel not only anti-black woman but feel like just just so rooted in the same ideas that 
that like white folk had us trying to believe about ourselves during slavery like not even Mm -hmm. not even on a stretch but like that whole her painting meg as a brute as all the like transphobic language of you know of deeming her uh masculine and i don't even know if the um if this piece how legitimate it it is because she spent a lot of time posting and deleting i really hope that it's fake but there was a image going around of you know an ai generated image that was supposed to be megan the stallion as an ape and no i did not see that and and you know I, i i truly hope that I, I truly hope that she didn't post it, but like, you know, it was posted by Barb's yeah. and it's like when you encourage that kind of behavior, when you speak that kind of language and, you know, I love rap beef, but I also feel like beef has to be ethical. It has yeah. to make sense. It can't, it can't shit on your own people. Right. <laughs> it, right. It can't make it can't make a mockery of hip hop and it can't make a mockery of who we are, not only as black people, but especially as black women because mm-hmm. of our history in the genre and in this country. Yeah. Facts. Facts were just spoken. Yeah, I feel like Nikki and the Barbs have this very unhealthy codependent relationship. And it's it's becoming more and more obvious as time progresses and as she beefs with new people. But the, it seems like the more like the the higher she goes in her her desire to just like make people uncomfortable and make people like try to frighten people out of a position in the industry. I don't even know where her end goal is. Right. But, um. You know, it's like the the higher she goes on this this desire to do these things, the more ratcheted up her fans become. And it's like. That I couldn't like I could not imagine already being like a superstar who's revered and loved and beloved and seen as one of the goats and all this and having that kind of ego and being like rich and famous and then having this this entire, you know, legion of people who would do anything that you say, including illegal things. That's scary. illegal things. People, people are saying that they are getting doxxed. Yes, that's exactly what I'm referring to. Like it's it's unbelievable to me that she would see that that she would see this happening and still be like, oh, well, those are the barbs. They're doing their job because I told them to or they're doing it on their own, but they're not doing anything wrong. It's like, yes, they are. And you know it. But maybe she doesn't know it. Again, we're trying to figure out, like, where does she stand um, in terms of her legacy? Where does she stand in terms of her 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 recent desires to be a hip hop you know, artists like she's still making music as we just heard on Bigfoot, you know, she still does have a desire to make music. So that to me says that she still feels something about hip hop, that she still feels like she has something to say, but it's like, what are you saying? Like, like you're, like you were just mentioning, um, you know, it's like, it's anti-black woman. It's anti-black in general. Um, You know, why are we using like slave master rhetoric to, to further our agendas like or why is she doing that i'm not doing that but you know it's like why why is this a position that we're even in at this moment so i think that that's something that she has to figure out i don't know if she if she needs to go to therapy i always say go to therapy that's always the thing that i say but i i, I just want her to figure out like what is her end goal here because if it's just to bully people 
and not beef with them. Like, like you're saying, beef is kind of sacred. Like, you know, it's this, it's this very special experience and, you know, it's special for the fans and special for the artists. Like that's one of the most intimate relationships that you can have with someone is like that kind of a uh, sparring, you know, uh, situation. So, you know, I can see her doing that and it being respectful, but she's not going that route. She's going the down dirty load, <laughs> just like the, the, the muddiest route she could take. And it's, it's really, really disappointing. So much mud. So, so much mud. I'm, I'm tired of it. Um, yeah. I, I'd be remiss not to ask you what your thoughts were after you heard Bigfoot. Okay. <laughs> um, I, my, sister put it on for me and I was like oh is this is this the real song like I I didn't it didn't sound like a professional song I'll just say that um you know his is very well produced it's um Megan is rapping her ass off and she's addressing everything and every everybody under the sun um this song is number one just targeted at Megan it's not even uh like let me get my shots off at other girls like it's like this all about Megan even though Megan had one bar about her and then she had the wall bend in line which I thought was funny but um aside from that um when I heard Bigfoot I I just didn't think that it was the real version of the song. It it just sounds incomplete. It sounds like it was done in a home studio and not like an actual like rich people home studio, but like a, your homeboy wants to be a rapper home studio. Um, like literally in it, the closet. <laughs> in the closet. Yeah. With some blankets. Up, like, okay. in a, in a, you know, like I was just like, this can't be real. And then I listened to the full thing and it it just didn't hit for me. You know, it just... It was, like I said, it doesn't, I don't hear the hunger and the fire and the, you know, the, even the, the, the attention grabbing voice that we're used to. Um, it just sounded like somebody rambling. And I was like, you know, and again, I'm not here to just to shit on Nikki, uh, but I have to speak my mind and my mind is telling me to, to say that like this song is not that good. Like it's. Especially because, you know, she was teasing the song on Instagram Live. She was, you know, tweeting out lyrics from the song and doing this, that, and the third. And it's like, okay, so where's the song? Where's this amazing song going to come from? And this is what we got. And I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. But, um, you know, the Barb's, let them tell it. It's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So Girl, you know, let that's, her, that's another part. Okay. Let her tell it. It's the greatest yeah. thing since sliced bread and that it needs to be Grammy nominated. I, I, I unfollowed Nikki on, uh, on the app formerly known as Twitter a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But like, of course, over, over this, the course of all of this, I've, you know, gone to her page, just like seeing what the chaos is. Mm -hmm. And since Bigfoot, released like every other tweet or retweet has been about like the the numbers and like oh it's broken this amount and yeah. all of this and you know of course every every other tweet that the barb that uh the barbs tweet about oh it oh she ate megan up she it, i'm just like okay this feels <laughs> like this feels like delusion mm. and it also and i also hate how much the number game, the numbers game specifically has warped how Nikki looks at the quality of her music and looks at her success mm -hmm. because I, I just don't think that like 
Uchiwali is not equating to one mic. It's not <laughs> like like quantity is not quality, girl. And, yeah. And I'm just like, do you know how many people stream this just off the simple fact that like they nosy and they want to see what's going on with the beef? Facts. You know, like yeah. when and when she when she came at Aretha and said, "Oh, I I'm the real queen. I I beat out Aretha numbers wise. I knew something was off. I, yeah. I'm like, I'm yeah, like, something, something ain't right. Something ain't right here. Yeah, she's she's very stat focused, and you know, on the one hand, I can't blame her because that's it. Let social media tell it. That's what matters. The numbers are the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter if uh if a song wins a grammy if if it didn't sell a billion copies it's not good so i think that you know just the totality of how hip-hop fans some hip-hop fans look at music and the success of it is warping her her idea of what success is and what quality is as you were saying and on the other hand it's like you know i think it comes down to the fact that she doesn't have like the major awards like a grammy you know, something like that. I think that she is, um, I think she feels slighted, you know, by the Academy. I think she feels slighted by, you know, people who have not, quote unquote, given her the things that she feels she deserves. Um, and, you know, here we have Megan who has multiple Grammys and she's only been out for about five years. So, you know, it's like we're seeing the the jealousy again rear its head. We're seeing this, um, this targeted um attack of one artist against another artist because of what because you know like there i'm still trying to figure out like why she's going so hard at at megan because you know like even cardi tried to th- cardi tried to put hands on her and she didn't go this hard at cardi so it's like she did not she what did are not, we doing she was just like she, oh, literally, cool. she threw a shoe she threw she a shoe threw at a her shoe. <laughs> she threw a shoe at her in a, a, an event and then she's she's still not really processing that like Megan didn't do anything I'm just like the things that Megan has said about her really in passing and on wax are nothing compared to like the things that Cardi has said the things that you know have been said by Lil Kim even like you know it's just like it's it's a lopsided beef and it's even more apparent that that's the case because Again, Megan is not hopping on social media and like getting the Twitter fingers to going or X fingers or whatever. Um, you know, she's not on TikTok like throwing a fit in a tantrum. She, if anything, she's on these apps and she's 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 promoting her song. Like she's saying, "Run it up, hotties! Let's get it to number one!" Literally, like, that's, what she, that's literally. What she's doing. Yeah, uh, my my sis went on Good Morning America on <laughs> Tuesday and was like, "Hey, hotties! I got us! I got an album coming out and a tour. Uh, get ready! All right, get your pocketbooks ready. We going on tour this summer." Ah, <laughs> eh. like that's literally what she. <laughs> that's literally what she said while you got homegirl over here seeing green. Literally, yeah, you know? and like, and it it just kind of sparked a little bit because of course Lil Kim and Cardi they're both from New York and I wonder if the fact that Nikki knows like all right like y'all from New York I'm not even about to but oh this um this southern Mm um 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 5'11 lady who already you know is receiving a lot of hate from Mm -hmm. people from so many different corners like 
my homegirl Cecily. Shout out, shout out to Cecily. If you have not, um, if you have not listened to the episode two, she was on here spitting facts about women in hip hop and where we are today. She recently put on TikTok this video that, like, really, I was like, damn, I didn't think about it like that. It took Megan Thee Stallion getting shot for everybody to come out the woodwork and say like oh yeah i didn't like her da, da, da. I'm like, mm-hmm. and i'm just like that was such a surprise to me mm-hmm. it was so shocking to me to know that like so many people were rooting against her mm-hmm. after she got shot and it's still something that i haven't totally wrapped my head around but i do think that what nikki is doing is a symptom of that it's easy to already like you know talk shit and go after somebody that already has a hate train after them mm-hmm. whereas the hate train for cardi and lil kim were a little bit less apparent yeah yeah it's low-hanging fruit you know it's it's really emblematic of the fact that you know people have been coming from making non-stop since july 2020 like ever since she was shot people have just been on her fucking neck for no reason because she she's a survivor not even a victim she's a survivor and you know it's like a survivor who a survivor who had the audacity to tell her story and exactly. that's what they're mad about and that's what they're mad about exactly big facts um yeah she she had to deal with so much vitriol and just you know people like she had to go through an attempt being made on her life and then having the internet pile on her for years and now she's dealing with this and it's like she had the energy and the motivation to come back to the same industry that's filled with supporters of violence against women and this is what she comes back to like just all out war because of what again trying to figure that out i don't know i wish i knew i'd have a million dollars right now but um yeah it's very it's just very befuddling to me that we're in this position like you're saying it's it's unexpected but it's also just outright disgusting in my opinion the way that megan has been treated um you know just like across the board since she's been um you know under fire for no reason but yeah the fact that she's able to bounce back and say you know what i'm gonna go on gma and i'm gonna like you know promote this tour and i'm gonna you know have a, a badass album that's coming out like she's she's still like motivated she still has that energy and how many of us can say that we would be able to get up and do that? Not many, not fucking many. Baby, if I got shot, y'all would not, y'all would not hear from me again. Uh-uh. Right. Like, nope, absolutely. Especially I came out here and told my story and y'all treated my, me like this. Mm. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Tahiti. I'm going somewhere <laughs> far away from y'all because, yeah. oh, like, oh my God, the, the, the mental fortitude. I'm just yeah. like, I'm I'm really in in awe at it. Um, so both of these women will be mm-hmm. on tour this summer. Where does mm. this beef go from here? I'm I'm wondering if you have Ooh. any predictions of what what happens next. Nikki is claiming to have more quote unquote heat in the chamber. Like what what is going on? My prediction is that Megan is going to continue to push this song hiss. Um, as she has been doing and as I think she will continue to do. Um, I think Nikki's probably going to keep dropping diss songs, um, which I don't know why she doesn't want to call them diss songs because that's what they are. But yeah, I think she's going to drop a couple more. 
And then maybe Megan will drop another single that has nothing to do with this. And she'll just continue to ignore her and live her best life and promote the things that she has going on. I really don't think there's going to be like, unless something really rattles Megan, which if she hasn't spoken out by now about her talking about her mother and things of that nature, if she hasn't been rattled by now, I don't see it happening. So yeah, she, you know, in the past, she has said that she, she tries not to let people get a rise out of her and we're seeing that happen in, in full display right now. And if she was, if she does respond, I think it'll be musically. I think it'll be, um, you know, uh, another, not, not Drake and, um, Pusha T, but I think it'll be, um, an interesting back and forth if she does choose to get into it. I think it'll be one for the books. It already is. Um, you know, I think that there is a lot to be said on her behalf. I don't know. We'll see what happens. What do you think? I think you're right. You know, I don't see Meg responding anytime soon. I see Nikki, you know, really harping on the numbers and leaning on the barbs to do a lot of her dirty work. Mm -hmm. To be very honest, because that's what the barbs have been doing for for so long. Um, And I see her, you know, going on tour and having these rants on stage and, Mm -hmm. you know, continuing to turn to social media to, you know, to talk shit and do all of the things I see if I see other people coming out in support of Meg I see other rap girls in you know people in the game coming out in support of Meg and mm-hmm. Nikki turning against them and saying things about them because yeah. we've seen that happen in the past you know mm-hmm. and so I, I I definitely agree with you as Meg she said that she's in such a better you know mental state and is taking care of herself and is not letting the bullshit really impact her. I'm really hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that she will be okay through all of the ugliness that is being thrown at her through Mm -hmm. this one lopsided, one-sided beef, because it does feel one-sided. I I hate calling it a beef because it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. It just doesn't doesn't like what, what we know what a beef to be in hip hop. This is just like, this is not that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I see Meg doing exactly what you're saying. She is on fire right now in her independent. And I feel like she is feeling really empowered to make sure that whatever she's feeling in the headspace that she's in, she keeps it, you know, positive and level and gets into the booth and you know really lets whatever needs to go go mm-hmm. yeah i agree 1000 percent. you said it what does it say about where female rap is specifically right now that this beef quote unquote is even exists i think it says something that i was mentioning at the top of this conversation which is um nikki doesn't know how to be a big sis slash auntie like she's they're the girls are coming they're coming fast and furious they're they're you know coming out of the woodworks they're coming out of the sky out of the ground the female rappers are here to stay and they're having a great time and i'm having a great time watching them do their thing but i just i just feel like nikki is fuming because she opened the door for people and they're actually having the nerve to come through so i don't know what (laughs) it's 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 just so bizarre to me that you know she would be upset that people are taking advantage of the opportunities that she presented to them. Um, So 
I think that the state of female rap is in a very good place. I think women rappers are having more fun and having better bars, to be honest, than the men right now. And yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, I just want, um, I want more community. You know, I, this is like the opposite of that. This conversation is, you know, covering, covering what's happening right now. Like, but I do, I really dream of community. I dream of like people coming together and like, you know, collaborating in a major way and going up the charts together and like just celebrating together and living together and coexisting. You know, I just want people to be able to coexist in this industry because as this conversation has been pointing toward, you know, people both within and outside of the industry want you to feel like there's only room for one female rapper. And that's just not the case. It's never been the case. They've tried to make it the case through nefarious, you know, methods, but there is really so much room for everybody. And that's what I want to see. Absolutely. I want to know who you're listening to right now. What women in rap specifically are you listening to? Ooh, this is such a good question. Um, what's her name? Caribou? Caribou. Caribou. I love yeah. Caribou so much. Yes. Yeah. Anicia. I like her too. Yes. Um, I know she just dropped a song with Lotto that I'm super excited about. Who else? Of course, Flo Millie. Like all the, the girls that have been around for a few years, I'm still really excited about them. Who's one more? Um, Mona Leo or Mona Leo. I can never figure out how to say her name, but yeah, she's from Texas. So I'm obviously a big fan of hers. And, you know, she just has such an interesting voice. She just sounds like she's, she's going to punch you in the face through the through the audio. She's no, just seriously. Like, yeah, she's just so <laughs> aggressive and I love it. I love aggressive rap. So, yeah, that's who I'm listening to. How about you? Same. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I I, I feel you on aggressive rap. I, I love Mona Leo. Mm -hmm. um, Caribou and Anicia, like, have been literally in rotation. Anicia's song with Lotto, Back Outside, mm -hmm. like, I, that has just been literally an earworm. Um, of course, Sexy Red. Yeah. Uh, sexy, like, when she says female Gucci Mane, it definitely oh. gives me that 06 vibes. It yes. definitely gives me that, like, riding in my 95 honda <laughs> speeding down gettysburg going over potholes and really just about to tear the city up like yeah. I, I i love sexy red so much um I, I think she's due soon too i i saw her i saw her <laughs> perform and that was the first time i've ever seen a rapper perform pregnant and i was like oh this is such a milestone this is cool yeah. shit. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, who else? Who else? Oh my God. Like there are so many girls right now. And like, I love that. Like, I can't even like think of someone right now because there are so many options yes. and because there are some, oh my God, Veda. I love Veda too. Oh, Veda. Yeah. 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 Her song cute threat. I got just literally on repeat. Um, damn. Yeah, yeah, we gonna leave it at that right now. We gonna yeah. leave it at that right now because it, it's a lot of new girls coming up and I just, I love even more so that like the girls are collabing with each other mm -hmm. and, you know, that we are seeing that sisterhood. We're seeing that community and we're, you know, seeing a very different, you know, a very different vibe mm -hmm. than what we were seeing in, you know, Nikki's monopoly years yeah like it, uh, you know Nikki you did what you needed to do but it's also like 
come on, let these girls do what they need to do too. Right. There's room for everybody. Everybody can eat. Everybody can eat. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, now I do have to ask you about your book before we get out of here and ode to hip hop 50 albums that define 50 years of trailblazing music. Of course, last year was the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Your book came out last summer. How was it for you working on that book? And what do you hope it shows readers about where hip hop is and where it's going? Mm, man, working on that book was the adventure of a lifetime. It was I never imagined that my first book would be about hip hop. I thought it was going to be like a memoir or something like that. But yeah, just to like have the opportunity to work on that. Shout out to Ada, um, my editor who worked with me on that book and reached out to me to to talk about it initially. She was just like, hey, I think you would be great for this concept that I have. And I was like, oh, let's talk about it. And then we chopped it up and it was like we were both infatuated with each other's tastes. And we were just like, OK, let's like let's roll with it. So, yeah, it was. um really amazing to be able to work on this book. And uh, it taught me so much about just like the the ever changing state of hip hop, you know, it's, it's so amorphous, it never stays the same. It's so much fun just to like, to hear the artists evolve through time and to hear even artists within their own catalog, how they evolve from like one end to the other. It's, um, it was just a marvelous opportunity. And I'm so grateful for it. And um, as far as where I see uh, where I hope the book, you know, shows people where hip hop is headed and where it is. Um, I mean, hip hop is so young, you know, it's it's only 50, almost 51 and which is crazy to say. But yeah, I think hip hop is such a cultural force, you know, not just black culture, but culture altogether. And because black culture drives everything, obviously. But um, yeah, I think hip hop is just at the core of how we function, how we communicate with each other how we um, relate to each other, how we extend opportunities to each other or create memories together. Like hip hop is at the, the center of all of that. So I really hope that this book allows people to see that, you know, that these are 50, you know, albums that I think define the, the, the genre, but there are so many more that create the totality of hip hop and all of what it is. And I just hope that people have an opportunity to, to take a look at it, to buy it, to, you know, check it out at the library, whatever you need to do. Um, I just want people to see it because it's also so gorgeous. Shout out to Ye Abe, who was the illustrator of the book. Um, you know, he's from South Africa and he's just, he's he's got an incredible mind in the way that, that it works in the artistic sense. So yeah, I could go on and on about it, but yeah, that's, that's my baby right there. <laughs> I love that so much. Congratulations again on that. Um, Thank you. What, what is getting you through the week right now? I'm watching this silly show. Um, it's called Almost Paradise. It's a freebie show um, starring Christian Kane. Christian Kane was in Leverage. He's like the the ass kicking guy who just comes through. He's like, what was it Roadhouse? Like, you know, the movie where people just get their asses kicked the whole movie. <laughs> but um, that's all the show is. It's like, you know, it's based in the Philippines. So there are a lot of um, Filipino actors in it, which I love um, just to see a different kind of it's like kind of a cop procedural, but it's not. But um, yeah, it's really it's really just a silly little show. It's you know it's so predictable, but it it it's my comfort show right now. So that's 
that's the thing I would say that's getting me through the week is just being able to just tune out everything else and tune into this show of ridiculousness. So yeah, it's it's just a silly little show that I love. <laughs> I, I love a good comfort show. I've never heard of that, but I'm gonna have to check it out. Yes. And I ask everyone who comes on this show, what is one thing they know is right? Okay, I was gonna say, I know that's right, that the weather here is in the 70s. And I'm just enjoying it because... It was not the case a couple of weeks ago. It was real frigid down here and I was going through it and now I can sit outside and write my little journal. That's that's what I know is right because I love to be outside. I love the sun. I love just being able to to bask in it. And the fact that it's like sunny outside, I'm like, oh, I'm about to go outside in a minute. Like, you know, I just really enjoy being outside. So that's what I know is right. <laughs> I love that. I, I'm also very jealous because it's not given that in Brooklyn. It's it's given cold but humid. I don't know how to handle. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't know. Like the it's uh, the air is just so it's it's just so humid. It's thick. I don't know that's what the so hell. Weird. It's so weird. I'm I'm like cold in my coat walking outside but also sweating and <laughs> hair getting poofed up can't even silk press right child is a <laughs> child is it's a mess <laughs> thank you so much kiana for coming down to i know that's right lending your your expertise on whatever the hell is going on on the internet child we, <laughs> it's, it's so much let the people know where they can find you Sure. Um, you can find me on Instagram at outfox. That's O-U-T-F-O-X-X-E-D. And sometimes I get on TikTok to do a little thing here and there. That's just my first and last name, Kiana Fitzgerald. There we go. Thank you so much, Kiana. Thank you. I had so much fun. All right, y'all. That is the show. Huge thank you to Kiana for joining me this week. Appreciate you, girl. And thank you all for listening. As always, I want to know what y'all want to hear on the show. So if there's a topic or story that you want me to explore, hit me up at underscore tearing it up and make sure you follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at I-K-T-R-P-O-D. That's I know that's right pod. This show is produced by ACAST and recorded right here in Brooklyn. Give us some sun or something. Oh my God, it's so cold. I'm I'm tired of this. Huh. Until next time. Bye, y'all.